Welcome to Married and Having Fun. We're your hosts, Kathy and JC. Kathy here. I'm 46. I've been married for 25 years to my main squeeze. I'm JC. I'm 33, married to an awesome pastor of six years. It's my second marriage. We have seven kids between our awesome families. On this podcast, we will share all of the ups, downs, and emotions around marriage and all the things in between. If you know what I mean. Sit back, laugh, cry, and enjoy. This is Mary and having fun. Hello, hello. It's JC. I am so excited today. I am here with my best friend in the world, um, Stephanie Justice Peterson. Hey, love. Hello. How are you? I'm great. This is exciting. I'm so excited to be a part of your fabulous podcast journey. (laughs) I am. You were there when Kathy and I were kind of dreaming up things and um, casting a vision. So I'm excited that you're a part today. Absolutely. And you know, I'm excited when visions come to life. It's exciting. Yes, it is. Yeah. So today, um, I just thought it might be nice for us to maybe define some terms um, around what's going on in the world. Um, I've This is part two of conversations with white and black friends. And so um, I'll be later on um, talking with my husband and kind of sharing things from our point of view, um, being in an interracial mm-hmm. marriage. But um, Stephanie is also in an interracial marriage. Um, <laughs> I don't think that's how we became friends. No, it it, it was definitely a strong bond. (laughs) Yeah, it was. Um, We met in college at Meredith College and then um, just kind of came back together and had kindred spirits. And we've just been tight ever since. And our boys are now like best friends. They are. Yeah. So it's great. Um, so some of the terms that, well, before we get into terms, I do want to say this, this week I've had, and I'm sure you as well, Steph, um, I've had some like extremely high highs, um, with reading comments, getting text messages from friends, um, checking in, but I've also had some extreme lows, um, this week from the same places, from social media, from phone calls, from text messages. And I'm like feeling a little overwhelmed. Um, I've really been relying on, on God and like turning on worship music and getting by myself because I'm literally like, this is too much sometimes. Um, how, how, how have you been feeling this week? The same, a lot of the same. I mean, you've, you've been on the, the other end of the phone for lots of tears and, um, just it's, it's an odd place to be, especially when we live the lives that we live and, um, we are trying to keep families intact and happy and moving Uh forward. But 
it's a lot to take in. It's a lot to take in as a black woman. It's a lot to take in as a black mother to, to biracial children. It's a lot to take in as a black wife to a white husband. It's mm-hmm. a lot. It's a lot <laughs> going on in this world. Um, so it's heavy. It is heavy. Um, I want to read a comment from a good friend of mine, um, Madeline. I feel so bad because I didn't ask her if I could share this, but I think she's totally cool with it. (laughs) Um, But I wanted to read this comment because she sent this to me the other day. And I literally was just in tears reading it because for the... uh, Other than my husband and you and and Kathy, of course... um, I haven't had a whole lot of people just come to me saying, I feel you. <laughs> I'm, I'm putting myself yeah. in your shoes. And so um, I got this text message from her. It says, hey, JC, I've been thinking about you and something you said all day today. A week ago-ish, um, you showed pictures of the Durham protesters and wrote how you appreciated them but didn't feel the need to join them because your life, your marriage, your children are your daily protests. That was um, that has stuck with me as both profoundly beautiful and also maybe probably exhausting. That your life is a protest is both striking to me and heartbreaking. I'm sorry your life and your marriage and your children aren't totally and completely your own. I am profoundly grateful that you choose to share and spread your love. I was just so taken with that. I was like, whoa, somebody (laughs) just took a minute to put their self in my shoes. And it just blew me away. She's white, by the way. It's beautifully written, too. It really is. I think it's, it's beautifully written, and it's so true uh, when you stop and think, I think sometimes as black women and you and I have this conversation a lot, we just tend to go, 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 go. Mm-hmm. And we don't take the time to sit and think about what, what we're enduring mm-hmm. <laughs> during this journey. Um, and it's not until other people from the outside give you their perspective on what your life looks like to them Mm -hmm. that you, you say you have that realization like, Oh crap. (laughs) I I am taking on a lot. Yeah. Um, and it, I, I think that she captured it very well. Um, and I think the reason why it, it may have made you so emotional because it, it made you take a step back mm-hmm. and see that yes I this is a lot this is this is a whole lot and while I'm happy to do it because this is a life I've chosen it is still a it's it's a lot for a person to endure so I think it's very beautifully written and really speaks to the journey that we're on right now for the lives that we've chosen Yes, um, it really, really does. So out of that comment, of course, that was like an extreme high for me. But it got me to thinking um, because I've had so many other conversations with people that are like totally opposite of that and like feel that um, 
you know, this Black Lives Matters movement is just a hoax and it's, you know, it's people just pushing an agenda. And um, so I wanted to kind of talk about some key terms and also my, I guess, our points of views and you can share your point of view of it. But from where, like from as a black person looking on to what is going on. Um, I haven't been a part of the protests. I know they, you experience them coming by your house. I, I would like to be a part of it because from what I've heard, it feels kind of electrical and, um, the energy is great. And it kind of feels like a community of people are coming together because there's all people of all different colors. And so i really love that idea. Um, I am a little bit sad that, you know, the police force is getting hammered right now um, because it's, it's just to me, it's like any other thing that you can't put everyone in the same boat. Um, there are good cops, just like there are bad cops. <laughs> like, and, and for me, I don't I'm not putting them in a category. I'm just I am wanting to push for measures to be put in place for um, you know, psych evaluations, um, all different kinds of things that need to happen to filter out um, racial injustice. <laughs> and so as much um, as you can, as yeah. much as you can, you will never get rid of it. And so I think that's one thing that we need to understand. I, I think nobody can change the hearts and minds of people, but God. Um, but first you have to be willing to do that. <laughs> so a lot of people just aren't willing. They're stuck right. in you know, their ways of thinking. But um, first, let's go with the term racial injustice and where that comes from um, and what that means, I guess. You want to speak on that or? Sure. So I I think it's just years and, and years of all of the atrocities that have happened to um Black, brown people, um, and people of other ethnicities and races in this um, in this country and around the world, but in particular in the United States, um, it's been perpetuated generation after generation mm-hmm. by people who have been handed down this idea that they are above another mm-hmm. set of or group of people, um, or they're more powerful, or they have, um, you know, their blood doesn't run red like the rest of ours. Mm-hmm. Um, that type of thinking has just been perpetuated, and it and it has caused this imbalance um, in how others are treated, and it's as as easy as it comes. Uh, for each generation, it makes it even more difficult to get rid of it. Yeah. And I think that as much fight and effort as has been put on it in the past, um, there's a long way to go because there's so much work that has to be done um, for the future, not just looking at the future ahead, but trying to take care of what people have 
grown up in and have learned and Mm -hmm. we're we're asking people to change their entire lifestyle everything that they've ever been taught about you know treating others poorly whether it's been a downright handing down of um, a method of treating other people or whether it's been this slow creep um, you know, the hushed tones that happen, happen inside the house or a mm-hmm. certain way that, you know, people have treated others around them and their children have grown up seeing it for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. And um, there's, there's just a lot of work that has to be done. So racial injustice is, it's deep. It yeah, runs very deep. I think that, um, you know, at one, once upon a time, 50 years ago, let a little over 50 years ago, racial injustice was definitely ingrained within our laws. There were literally laws that talked about the color of someone's skin and what you could and could not do, um, and places you could not go and who you couldn't marry and all these things. So now it's, it's not per se written in our laws anymore, but here's the thing people actually wrote those things like they made those things up the Jim Crow laws and all the stuff that came from someone's mind and so those people were the people who were having grandchildren and teaching you know them ways and and (laughs) so it's you're right it's this generational thing and even though today it's like not in our laws per se it's still in our hearts and minds and so That is, I think, the core of what the Black Lives Matter movement is trying to convey. Um, And, Mm -hmm. yeah, so I'll leave that there. One thing you just said, though, um, kind of brought back a low that happened for me this week, um, is just that I realized that I um, I had a conversation with... um, a past boyfriend, um, that we were actually, we were talking on everything that's going on and they were being, you know, very honest and asking me questions. And I, and I was, um, I was fine in the moment to talk and, and to answer the questions and, and all of that. And it struck me <laughs> after, and I said, oh my gosh, um, this person that I trusted and you know at one time had feelings for because I I dated them um actually might be racist (laughs) like I was just like floored and I started thinking about all these little things and I was like oh my gosh like how did I as a black person miss this and Mm -hmm. you know Here's the thing. I'm going to say this and I know it's so harsh and I don't want to say it, but I'm just going to say it because I just want to say it. (laughs) But (laughs) slave masters, okay, they slept with black women, but they still beat it. They, they, They still like treated their slaves harshly. They didn't mind sleeping with them. Mm hmm. (laughs) yeah yeah and I just a lot right it's a lot and I'm like you can be in a relationship with a person and oh they can still have some of those ideas and and ideologies and things in their heart 
that they haven't even confronted. It's just in their hearts because they grew up with it. Those things are hard to shed away. Anyway, moving on. They are so hard. (laughs) (laughs) They're hard. I feel bad even admitting this on this podcast, but it just struck me. And it was such a low for me this week. Um, Coming to those terms. Oh, mm-hmm. all right. Next term that we want to, that I want us to talk about is white privilege. <laughs> mm. And I know we've heard it a lot. Um, we're the we point have. in, we're the point in, in our relationship, my husband and I, like when things happen, I'm like, that's white privilege. And he'll laugh about it. And he'll, sometimes he'll be like, yeah, you're right. Um, but I heard this story. Um, by another, um, a lady named Lisa, I can't remember her last name, but she's awesome. Um, she gave this story about this black man, his neighbor, who was white, um, texted him, they're friends, they were really good friends, and he texted him and said, hey, man, I'm gonna be out of town for about a week and a half, could you, um, I got a bunch of packages coming to my house, could you, um, pick up my packages for me? So the black friend wrote back and said, um, I would love to do that for you, but I'm not going to do that for you. He said, please understand that this, we're in the midst of a pandemic, number one. And number two, I am not going to be a black man walking up to a house that is not mine, putting packages in my car. He was like, you're... He was like, I'm sure somebody will call the cops. (laughs) And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, and he said, and so his story from that of what he shared, um, and Lisa was sharing this, was that this white privilege is this. It doesn't mean that as a white person, you don't have problems. It just means that you don't have problems related to your skin color. So everybody has problems. Right. We all have problems. We all have hard days. We all go through things. But white people don't have issues that relate to their skin color. They don't have problems that arise from their skin color. So that is white privilege in a nutshell. Anything you want to say about that? I see it every day. (laughs) (laughs) And I I made a post Uh, today. Every single day. I made a post today. There are ways that you can use your white privilege for good. You know, one of them is speaking up when you see something, um, saying, hey, that, that wasn't quite white or, you know, I feel like so often we get stuck in a in a hole where people are saying, was that really a race issue? Was it really, you know, racist? I, I know for me as a black person. I can tell when someone has biases against me, they don't have to say a word. And I know in my heart, so many, so often I don't say anything. I play it off. I, I try to be as nice as I can because I want to overcome that, that bias. But there's a lot of times where I don't say a, a word because <laughs> it's not worth it to me. Yeah. Um, but anyway... Yeah. Moving on, um, let's talk about terms like what is appropriate to call us. Um, 
I'm gonna just say it right out of the gate Ooh. right now. <laughs> Colored people and no. <laughs> not it. That is not it. <laughs> um, I think people of color is okay. Yes. But um, of course, okay, so colored people, you know, of course, duh, I hope I don't have to say this, the N-word, it, not it. <laughs> not, not even close, and, and I, I say it for what it is, but no, but walk right over that word, that's not it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even, um, even, I guess, like, the closest, like, Negro, like, no, um, not a word you should no. use. Um, I think the term African-American is okay, but I feel that you do need to understand that there are actually real African-Americans. African. And not all of yeah. them are black. <laughs> yeah. I, I know a lot. I, I know quite a, 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 I'd say a handful of African-Americans mm-hmm. that, are from South Africa and they live here and they are, they are not, uh, black. So yeah, yeah, you, I think you do need to understand that term. And if you talk with an accent, you're probably not black or, you know, you you could be put in the category of people of color. Yeah. And if you're really questioning it, ask the person what they would prefer to be called. I mean, it's the safest way to go. Yeah, it is. Um, I do. It may be uncomfortable. But it's time to get uncomfortable. I do want people to know this. Okay? Across the board. There are different subgroups of black people. Just like there are different subgroups of white people. And not all black people are the same. Not all black people (laughs) think the same way. Not all black people um I, I can't even get into it, but there's just, there are different subgroups. There's the Southern yes. Black. There's, <laughs> I mean, it's just, it goes on and on and on. I don't even know what category I fit into. I I don't either, but I, I know it's not Southern. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's not Southern, even, even though I'm. I was born below the Dick, the Mason Dixon line, but I'm not. I wouldn't qualify myself as Southern. No, I wouldn't qualify myself as Southern either. I don't. I really. I don't know what I am. I mean, because as long as I've been thinking on my own, I've just been like, I'm a woman. I'm a human. I'm a child of God. Like I'm going to get. Like you know what I mean. Like. I just didn't have time to fit into a category. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. But I get it. There are categories just like with anything else. Just like there are certain like for a white person, maybe for them to understand a little bit, there are certain white people that you might feel like you don't want to hang out with because you have nothing in common with them. Same way for black people. It's we, I think we have a solidarity, you know, when we see each other, mm-hmm. but I could see a black person on the street and have nothing in common with them. But right. the fact Besides that for the color of your skin, right? <laughs> yep. 
so yeah um do you want to talk about candace owens we can why not why not (laughs) she's willing to talk i'm willing to talk i'm you know first of all uh, i'm gonna say this i think um i (laughs) how do i nicely put this um she doesn't speak for all black people. Um, I know, I feel... She, she does not. She's making a career out of it. And, um, you know, it's very hurtful um, to hear her say some of the things that she says. You know, I, I, the whole thing with her calling George Floyd a thug is my beyond me. First of all, the man is dead. Um, he can't, he's not here to speak for himself. Um, and no matter what, it's to my understanding, things were over a $20 bill. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. I think, you know, he didn't deserve to lose his life. Um, even the things that she said about Ahmad, about, you know, there was video footage of him looking through a house that was being built. You know, I was talking to my parents about that. And my dad was like, me and my wife have done that all the time. People do that all the time. There was video footage of lots of people walking through houses and looking through them. Like, houses that are being built. It is a thing that you do. When you live in a, you know, when you live in a neighborhood and they're building a house, you do that. Yes, I too am guilty of this crime. Yeah. I, I have done it a lot. <laughs> and um, I just, um, I'm so sad at some of the things that she says to like, you know, there, there are people that do wrong. There's people of every color that do wrong. And, you know, if you do something wrong, you should serve your time. That's, that's not a question. Um, but what are your thoughts on her? Well, she has created a platform for herself. Mm Mm-hmm. One that I do not agree with, not even in the smallest ounce. I, I, I think it's despicable what she's decided to do with her time. Um, it is her time, so I choose not to listen to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's toxic, and the people that are supporting her, um, it's easy to a black face that's easy to gravitate towards because she's speaking something that most white people wish they could say out in public Mm -hmm. so she's become their talking head Mm -hmm. um and that's disappointing it's disappointing to me as a woman first of all Mm -hmm. that she would take that place um i don't believe that she's a mother but i think if she was she would stop and think twice about speaking about another human Mm-hmm. Um, show that look this black person is saying what I'm thinking so therefore it's right uh-huh. when no you're, you're, the thoughts that you're having are wrong to start with Yeah. Um, let alone you know using someone to speak them for you it's not right to start with so it's, it's, it's incredibly disappointing and disgusting honestly yeah it really is um 
It really is. Well, any other thoughts on the subject or? I, I think the biggest thing for me is that through all of this, it's been a wake up call for me. I'm disappointed with the level of comfort that I have allowed to seep into my life. Uh. The level of comfort that I have allowed other people to have um, just so that they don't have to broach make them uncomfortable in my life. So, um, for instance, you know, being around white friends and towing around situations that I knew made me uncomfortable uh-huh. um, and not saying anything because I didn't want to make them uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, the, the time is up after through all of this. Um, I've made a clear and conscious decision that I'm calling it out from here on out. Uh-huh. And that makes that person uncomfortable comfortable together me being uncomfortable in my skin and not letting people know how their words that they share with me or um, some things that they may say to me how they affect me I'm, I'm not doing that any longer yeah uh, from here on out I'm going to start sharing that with people see how it affects me um, and hopefully that will help them in the future and how that affects others as well. Yeah. I, I love that. I'm right there on that journey with you of just learning how to be okay with being uncomfortable and letting other people be uncomfortable. Um, it's such a load to bury, to uh, a load to carry, and I don't want to carry it anymore. Um so, anyway, thank you so much for being on the show. I'm thank excited. You for having me. Yeah. I'm excited. Um, well, I'll definitely have you back. All right. Sounds good to me. I'll be here. <laughs> Hi, this is JC. I'm here with my awesome husband, Ian. Hi, my love. Hey, how are you? Good. I missed you last night. Oh, I missed you too. I had a grand time chatting with... Um, my black friends. I know. I heard you had a <laughs> episode with guests that didn't involve me. So I know. Huh? Thank you for appending me. Yeah, my <laughs> time my time away was awesome because I got to talk to my parents and hear other stories and um, get different perspectives and yeah. whoo. So um, really, just full right now. But. I try to be a champion for you and hold the house down so you could have a little Sabbath. Yeah, you did a great job. The yeah. kids are intact and alive yes. and happy so well we had to make a few emergency hospital visits but we're good <laughs> um so we wanted to really address um some things just because we are in an interracial marriage what <laughs> and i know people probably think oh they either think one or two things like it's super easy for us we got it all figured out or um they condemn it. Yeah. So one of one of the things that you know, for us, race has really never been an issue, but it is a topic that we talk about. You know, we joke about it a lot and um 
celebrate each other's cultures or like, you know, in a healthy way, mm-hmm. in a healthy, fun way, I guess. We are now, um, in light of everything that's going on in the world, we're trying to navigate and find a normal for us. Mm-hmm. For, first of all, me as a black person <laughs> and you as a white person as to what you can do for me, for the the church. The, the church, yes. Stretching them. Um, yes, and, and, and also raising kids who will be, yeah. Yeah, who will be demographically understood as african-american yeah i wanted to um you know on the last episode kathy asked what could she do as a white friend um and for me i think the focus was just i hear a lot of things like a lot of people having white guilt Mm -hmm. um and i don't think that white people need to have guilt i do (laughs) (laughs) well guilt Guilt brings change, mm. right? Yeah. Like if someone's convicted of a crime and they're guilty of it, then they face a sentence and hopefully they don't do that again. So maybe not guilt is the right word, but people need to be at least, I think every white person should be having conversation about this, like Kathy. A, yeah. a, a, a constructive conversation to say, what can I do? How mm-hmm. can I support? Yeah. Not so much, whoa, is me. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I had a really interesting conversation with a friend this morning. And um, they were just trying to really put themselves in the shoes. Like they don't, they didn't want to acknowledge, you know, people that feel like they're victimized or, you know, oppressed. Mm-hmm. Because, you no, know, we don't have to live in the acknowledgement of saying, oh, we're an oppressed people. But the fact of the matter is, to me, as a black woman, um, there have been things, rules in our nation, um, certain things put in place um, that has kept the black community from flourishing the way that it should. And you can see that as, you know, maybe there's not as many black doctors as there are white doctors or there's not as many... um, black CEOs. Now, as of today, yes, I do see more of you. And what I was trying to explain to this friend is that, um, you have a system where these, you know, people were brought into a nation, you know, and they were providing free labor. So a group of people, let's just say a group of people were profiting, profiting off of the free labor of other people. And then, um, then they said, Hey, Okay, you're free. You can go on your own. But you can but, only vote if you know how to but write. But no, let's wait, wait, wait. Let's not even get there yet. So you have these people who have only been, they've been fed and clothed and all mm-hmm. these things and providing free labor. And you're like, hey, you're free. You can you can do, you can be on your own. But they haven't even learned. They're like little babies. Yeah. They, they can't read or write, most of them. Right. Um, and if they were learning to read or write, it was very... It was against the law. It was against the law. And so these people, like, I'm in black history classes in in college, and I'm reading how, you know, literally when black people started going to college, they had to learn how to take care of themselves as in how to clean and how to brush your teeth and all these things that they had never learned. So you have a whole group of people that are already behind the eight ball. And what's crazy is a lot of white people are not educated on this because it wasn't in the history books that you know, we considered 
to be factual. Like, yeah. It was one-sided. It only yeah. talked about, you know, the colonization, the uh, the colonialization, the, the, the governmental achievements of this nation, yeah. and not the people that were at the bottom. Yeah. And so you can continue to see how this uh, oppression from the point that you just pointed out in terms of just hygiene and survival, which... You know, freed slaves didn't know how to continue from, but voting rights and then segregation. And the thing that I think that is most prevalent today for the African-American community is redlining in the okay. 60s. If you wanted to take out a loan, sorry to just go into a yeah, that's fine. history lesson, but if you wanted to take out a loan to buy a house, the government, the Federal Reserve said in your loan that it would be illegal for you to sell it to an African-American family. Mm-hmm. So you have wealth that has been passed down from white communities that mm-hmm. African-American communities didn't get. They didn't have the opportunity to get. And so which which brings us to the point of that why there are a lot, there's a lot, there's higher crime rates or whatever in certain communities or whatever. And here's the thing. And minimum I didn't, wage cannot afford the lowest amount of rent in Durham County. Mm. But but we don't want to pay people the money that they're worth and the essential workers that are putting their lives at risk. All right, well, I'm I think done. we're going down a rabbit hole. I'm done. I'm but, done. <laughs> but here's the thing. You know, I I didn't grow up, um, you know, my I was having this conversation with my dad, and he was like, I worked really hard so that you and your brother could actually live in neighborhoods where you felt safe and there wasn't crime. And um, and so I'm, I was afforded that opportunity and mm. I'm so grateful for that. And my family has never lived in a place of hate or, you know, for white people. Although, you know, my grandmother was shot on the corner as a 16 year old, um, by a, a white person passing by was shooting at her and her friends saying the N word, get out of our neighborhood. So, um, well, the stories like this, people aren't hearing. And so this is why conversation needs to happen in the white community because White people don't know about it. They think if someone gets shot, they deserved it. Or it's mm-hmm. gang violence. Mm-hmm. It's not the innocent mother who has raised your dad to work so hard for his own children to be yeah. born in a neighborhood. And she was just unfairly but, but shot. speaking to that incident happening to my grandmother, I have never like experienced her have hate in her heart toward you or my first white husband um in any way like she loves both of you guys and like she my family has never lived under the fact that you know we're black and that you know certain things we can't have or do we've just gone after it and yet and, white but, people sorry, go ahead i'm just gonna kill white people in this conversation oh, stop this well, is not look nobody's not hating white on people but but the forgiveness of the african-american community that's what the white community needs to learn because they see crime rates mm-hmm. and want to throw statistics out there like every black person is associated with that yeah where's the forgiveness of the innocent people that have been shot like your grandmother some of the some of the comments that i've been hearing in social media they're like oh well you're more likely to die from black on black crime like what in the world i like I can't even fathom like my none, nobody in my family has been involved in black on black crime. So okay. Um but then also, you know, there's also another side to it from black people that they say um they like somebody told me that I've been canceled and I am not a part of black culture and I'm like okay, who are you? You He's didn't the create CEO me. Of <laughs> I'm like, you didn't create me, so how can you tell me that I, I'm not a part of black culture anymore? Like, I'm black. I was born black. Like, And there's so many different, just like there's so many different white people, like, 
you know, you could be Irish, you could be you know, like just all these things, you know, you could be from the country, you could be from suburbia, you can be from a rich, rich family, you could be from a poor family and lived in a trailer. Like it's the same if thing with black thing, people. If there's one thing that I can say about black on black violence, it's harassment over people that have the courage like you have to go beyond boundaries of race i don't and, think they were talking about that i think I they, they were, were more so talking about like black people shooting black people in gangs and stuff of course but which, which does happen mm -hmm. but the fact that that's brought up when people talk about uh oppression by police officer or, mm -hmm. or, or, or oh yeah unjust. that's not the conversation it's not yeah we're talking about this one thing <laughs> so and that's here. again another race issue that conversations are being pulled right i so you know, I just want to say that a part of what's going on... I love in white people, by the way, <laughs> in case I sound a little too passionate. I teach at a majority white church, and they're sweethearts to my They family. are. They really are. Um, but the, the thing that I guess we're trying... Like, if you are confused about what's going on in the world right now and why people or why black people are protesting, and white people are protesting, which I love, seeing all brothers and sisters of all colors together um, for the same goal... And this Black Lives Matter movement, really what we're just trying to say is that for too long, people have been silent mm. about things that matter, like things that you should not be doing. And it's about humanity and treating each other with kindness. I think that we all need to be listening to each other and trying to better understand each other. Mm. Um and to acknowledge that maybe, yes, your, what you have to deal with is different from what I have to deal with. And I'm going to acknowledge that. Yeah. And so that's what really what this is about. This is not like a war on white people or a war on the world. We're just trying to say, can we, you know be treated like everybody else in other situations? Can you not be afraid of us? Can you um, treat us with as humans? Mm -hmm. um, I so often, I've ran into many people where I feel like they don't even view me as a human. Does it bother me before? No, it really didn't. Because I, I look at myself as a child of God. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you have the problem with your heart, not me. So, but does it affect me? Yes. Um, and I think that's an issue too. It's a portrayal of the God that so many people worship, like like mm. the movie um, Best of Enemies. Mm, that was a good movie. Yeah, yeah. She was like, uh, "Well, if you worship God and I worship God, then you must not have a problem with me because the same God that created you created, created me. me." Yeah. I mean, like it, it it it's it's a slashing of the artwork and beauty of Jesus to create us all in Christ's image it is a perversion of scripture yeah. to be a racist or even to bring up other issues like or to not like acknowledge it that it's in your heart matter. yeah so so TD Jakes that that thing that you showed me yeah. I think that's the most educational thing we can teach folks out there that have an issue with what all the protests is all the protests fights are about mm -hmm. like td jake said you know what this wouldn't be an issue if we weren't tried convicted and given a death sentence on the side of the street yeah and, 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 and that's that not happening to white people no it's not 
And it's not to say that it can happen to white people, but it doesn't happen at the rate at the rate that it's happened to black people. And that's that's what change needs to happen for. Yeah. So I also my father brought up another good point to me last night that he said this is also an issue that some people can't handle power. And oh, and I mean, I and I just these are power prejudice, racism, all these things are issues of the heart. Mm. And I'm going to make a bold statement here and you can choose to um, use it to evaluate yourself or use it and dismiss it. But if you are a Christian, you should feel called to stand up for your brothers and sisters, to say, like to when you feel or hear something that's wrong, on a human level, you should feel called to say something. You think now we're going to or see do it. something. You think now we're going to see the real people of faith. I pray. I hope so. Yeah. I mean, and you know, a lot of people feel like this is not my call. This is hey, I feel like that about politics. I'm like, I'm not getting involved in that. Mm-hmm. I don't want to. You know, yes, I'm going to vote, but like, I don't feel called to be up rooting for a politician Mm -hmm. that I don't feel called to do that. But this is humanity. This is God's creation. God has called us to walk humbly with him Mm -hmm. and to stand for justice. And so that's all I have to say. I mean, that's what Jesus came. I think it's Luke four. He said, I came to bring um, sight to the blind uh, and let the oppressed go free. Like, why are we letting Jesus do all the work and not realizing that, you know, Jesus is depending on us? You know, I'm I'm excited because, you know, I feel like I was called to be a bridge and I was called Mm. to um, bring light and shed light to places that seem dark and hearts that Mm. are hard. So um, I'm happy that you and I are married and that we have been sent to certain places and that um, we have children that are going to grow up and they're going to be called to stand for both cultures. They're and already bridging. I know. They are in their own sweet little ways. Like yeah. people look at them and they're like, how can I deny this yeah. cuteness, you know? Yeah. Like it uh, melts away the hate. I'm truly optimistic about these times. Um, it has been gut-wrenching because it's made me realize some things about myself. But, um, and things that I haven't acknowledged in the past or things that I've set through and been silent, but I'm excited that the world is... People are protesting in, like, Berlin. I know. In Switzerland. Like, I know. For George Floyd. Yeah. I, our, our, our um, it warms my heart that, um, our... Uh, exchange daughter, her parents in um, Germany have really been on social media and been like vocal and it's just sweet. I'm like, and you know what's the funny thing? She came yeah, into was, our home yeah, and she spent a lot, she spent time with my black family on our cookouts and stuff and like that girl never batted an eye. Like mm-hmm. she is just, she just had love in her heart and didn't see anybody differently and wanted to take in cultures and she traveled all the way around the world to take in a culture that was different from her own. Yeah. And I just feel like we should all be that way. Yeah. Like open, courageous. courageous and open and just open to God's design and how he, the beautiful pieces that he designed us in. It's sad it's taken this long. But yeah. yeah. But it's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Hey everyone, thanks for joining us. If you liked today's episode, 
hit the like and subscribe button. You can find us on Instagram at Married and Having Fun. We'll be sharing cute photos of our husbands and all the things about marriage. Till next time, keep having fun.
Thanks for joining us. If you liked today's episode, hit the like and subscribe button. You can find us on Instagram at Married and Having Fun. We'll be sharing cute photos of our husbands and all the things about marriage. Till next time, keep, keep having fun. fun.